And welcome back to Geeks Inherit of the Earth. I'm JC. I'm CK. Jamie Skull. I'm the Mike D who remains. <laughs> <laughs> and this is our big review that remains of Loki. Oh my god, what a ride. Now the future of the MCU looks bright after Endgame. It's not just a bunch of random here's some shit and here's some shit and here's some shit. Uh, lots to break down. We're going to try to go chronologically, but it's us, so, you know, fuck it. Uh, <laughs> ah, before yeah. we get into it. Right, so right now while we're uh, taping this, I am watching the Olympics. And uh, first of all, I love the Olympics. Uh, every four years is amazing to me. I appreciate excellence. And uh, this is as close to superhuman as you can see, basically, in our world. Uh, you get to Wait, see weren't they supposed to happen people. last year and they were canceled? Yes, because of COVID. So. Okay. They were supposed to be 2020. Yeah. So this is the so fifth right. year. <laughs> we're resetting the timeline. Yeah, we reset the timeline. <laughs> Thanks, COVID. You did one <laughs> thing. But um, it's really interesting because it's in Tokyo, as you know, and uh, man, it is smothered and covered in Japanese stuff. It's so beautiful. Nice. So they're doing like all kinds of cool like Japanese promotions. They have this cool game on Google. Uh, if you click on the Google logo today, uh, you can play a little 8-bit uh, or 16-bit style game that's like a, a Olympics RPG. Really cool. Uh, top down, like Final Fantasy or Zelda. Really neat. And But most importantly... All the countries are coming out to Japanese video game composer music. So uh, awesome. It's so cool. so cool. Watching Greece walk out to the Final Fantasy victory theme wow. is kind of like one of the coolest things I've seen in a long time. Shed a little tear. Some um, of these are deep cuts. They've got Chrono Trigger songs on here. And the Sonic the Hedgehog Starlight Zone is on here. Like, this is awesome. It's really fun. It's really so cool beautiful. to see video game culture get that kind of recognition and nod as well. You know, that that's pretty important, really. Oh, yeah. You know, before the show started, Jamie mentioned that the geeks really have inherited the earth now. I'm like, yeah, 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 we have. Hell yes. Also, a little side note we didn't get to talk about last time, but uh, Marvel low-key <laughs> dropped Deadpool right into the middle of the MCU. Oh, yep. Yeah, so suddenly Deadpool has uh, started a YouTube channel. Uh, Ryan Reynolds shared it on his uh, on his Instagram that morning. I saw it right after that. Couldn't believe what I was seeing. That Deadpool and Korg were sitting on the couch together. <laughs> reviewing the trailer for Free Guy, right? Yeah, reviewing Free yeah. Guy. The movie that was supposed to come out like two years ago. But didn't uh. because of stuff that happened. And uh, man, I uh, Korg is one of my favorite characters in the MCU. <laughs> I absolutely love him to death. And uh, their banter is wonderful, and I cannot wait to see Deadpool and Korg hang out more. <laughs> and uh, wow, what a weird ass Deadpool way to be like! Oh, by the way, I'm in the MCU because I'm hanging out with Korg. I <laughs> uh, love Taika Waititi, and he's in Free Guy, so it makes sense. Talk about your genius uh, crossover promotion tactics, and like, I don't think I could find a better person than Korg for Deadpool to be sitting beside. Hello, Mr. Pools, or you're dead. Yeah. Boom. It's it's brilliant. It's so funny. Oh, my God. What success Taika Waititi has had just by being himself, being able to really... He's got that freedom just to do what he wants to do, man. And the results are obvious. It's he's so really cool. incredible. The quote that he has about Thor, Love, and Thunder of this is the absolute most insane thing he's ever done, and if it's not a success, no one's probably ever going to want to work with him again makes me <laughs> so excited for that movie now. I mean, and I actually never saw what we do in Shadows until, like, last week. 
So uh, I'm just starting to watch that, and I'm like, oh my god, this guy's really fucking insane. I love he gave, that show so much. It's it so good. So good. It's so good. I love the original movie too. It's fantastic. I want to watch the movie, but we have loved the show for so so far. I'm excited for the season three coming out. Oh yeah. Yeah, also, I'm going to um, save my recommendation for the end, but it ties into this. The, the, the whole psychic vampire thing makes me laugh so oh fucking my god. hard. Oh my god. As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh my god. Like, I rewound it to make sure, like, all the way back to the credits to make sure this guy's in the show for the whole time, <laughs> that this wasn't just a, you know, a Taika, like, one in joke, which he does in a so lot funny. of shit. So good. Yeah, I'm like, I know that guy. I think I work yeah, with every, him. Everybody knows that guy. If you've ever had an office job, there is that fucking guy, yeah. you know? Like, you know, the one that you'll walk around the whole other side of the fucking office holding your piss for 20 minutes until you can pass him. That motherfucker. Like, it's perfectly cast right down to the clothing. Like, when they have to put the uh, his clothes on the Baron, for example. It's like, of course, he'd have the sports team that pisses everybody off when they walk down the street. <laughs> Oh man! Brilliant I was, shit. I was hungry, but we drank some uh, hippies, and now I'm a wizard. <laughs> when they said that they were looking for a, that when they were looking for a source of virgins, so they found LARPers. I fucking died. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh god, that was me. <laughs> yeah, watch that fucking show if you haven't. We so that's, uh, that's on Hulu. That's how I watched it. Is that on anything else uh, that you guys know of? No, it's just on Hulu. Hulu. Over, yeah. Yeah, it's the it, that's the, it's on the uh, FX and FXX deal for Hulu. Yeah. Mm. So, so yeah. So that's a bunch of shit that's not Loki. Glorious. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into Loki. Purpose. Purpose. <laughs> All right. First things first. That becoming an in joke in the show made me so goddamn happy. Awesome. <laughs> Glorious perp. I can't stop saying that now, and I just hope that I'm not the only one of us that just keeps making. Oh no, we say it all the time because that's how I know if you've been like when it was still weekly. That's how I know if you were watching the show, dude. I say it in very frank, serious conversations. Now. Yeah, <laughs> that like, fucking it works. Yeah, I say it at work too. I'm like, I'm like, I, I am in this because I feel like I've been burdened with glorious purpose, and I say it without like even even like winking or laughing after i say it it's just like there you go okay well if you if you look at the the, the placement of this okay when the show starts we all know in end game he gets the tesseract and oh we're gonna get some wacky loki adventures please god don't let this suck and when it starts in an episode that is basically doctor who starring loki yeah and you get to see him show up and he's just you know had his ass kicked by the avengers and he just sees a new group of people to rule and gives him the burden with glorious. I'm horse laughing because I'm like, all right, he's got to get this shit kicked out of him in like any second. Oh, oh, there it is. Okay, cool. And they get taken to the TVA. I, I, did anybody know the TVA was in the fucking comics? <laughs> so the the first episode, we also get to meet my favorite introduction to the MCU, probably since fucking Korg of Mobius, Mobius, Mobius. Uh, yes. Man. Wow. Wow. Uh, I did not know he was in the comics until I watched the um, assembled thing. And, like, they showed the images of him from, like, I guess the 60s of what they based him off of. And he was, like, 
Well, basically like a mix of Owen, Owen Wilson's character and that guy we just mentioned from what we do in shadows. Like he's kind of like a balding office assistant with like a little gut and just annoys the shit out of people, but he's really diligent at his job. Mm -hmm. But like if anybody did not, predict in episode one there's going to be some kang shit happening because tva is attached to kang he's attached to kang and uh what renslayer is also yeah. attached to Ooh, kang his girl all attached to kang and skipping a little ahead in the episode you see 31st century tech sticking out of the ground and people still were like that's that's not gonna happen <laughs> i remember after we watched the first episode i was like it's gotta be kang and you all were like it's definitely fucking kang <laughs> like but, but then, then my, my mcu side of me went oh god but they do this to me all the time yep, yep. yeah uh, yeah I, I, we all thought at first like it's gonna be kang and we know i'm gonna mention it in the second one and it's like they did it again god damn it you motherfuckers <laughs> fucking with me I, I did love the fact that you see him in the OG armor, like have it restored perfectly, and then immediately he bitches about it being Asgardian leather, and they zap it the fuck off of him and throw him in a jumpsuit just to make sure you're, you're <laughs> nothing, you're a part of the system, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Yeah, when he uh, shows up in the TVA, the first thing he does, immediately just tries to full speed run the fuck off, and they're like, no, bloop. <laughs> then he looks around, tries it again, full speed run, no, bloop. <laughs> and then when, he, when he tries to use magic... <laughs> in the courtroom oh and everybody's like what's he doing oh he's trying to use his powers like, you have no idea what you're capable of like, it, it's funny you know like you, you mentioned that uh it reminded you of doctor who but it also definitely reminds me of a uh, not a ripoff of doctor who but one of the things that was an homage to doctor who and it really reminds me of bill and ted's bogus journey oh, oh sweet oh wow like a uh, lot of that and for nothing for nothing, the TVA, the amount of money they put into making the TVA, like, I was wondering this, and again, like, it'll probably be my recommendation, but watch that, uh, I think it's Assembled is the name of the series, I can mm -hmm. never get it right. I think so. But, uh, every floor of the TVA has a different look, and it's supposed to be everything feeling like a different version of, like, a sh the shittiest office job you could ever have in the shittiest courtroom you could ever go into. So they're low-key trying to let... Lucky, get it? That's going to happen uh, a lot. Yep. Uh, they're low-key trying to tell you that, you know, the people that work here are fucked. And they're... You don't... The first time I watched it, I didn't pick it up on it, but I watched the entire series and I watched it again in preparation for this. And if you've already seen it and then you see, you, you really pick up on how miserable everybody is. Like, here's a list of everything that you've ever said in your life. Please sign here. What? And this, <laughs> and this, you know, it's like, they all have this feeling like they're all stuck in the eternal DMV. Mm. It's got that kind of a uh, hitchhiker's God feel to it too. Oh nice. yeah. And, and then we get, to Oh, the actually I thought about that because of the um, end of the universe stuff. Oh, yeah. that it made me totally think of Hitchhiker's God. I didn't until now, but the bar at the end of the universe would fit in really, really uh. good in Loki. <laughs> uh, the, but the star of that first episode, outside of the brilliant set design, is Loki and Mobius, Mobius, Mobius. I refuse to ever say Mobius once. Uh, yes. Just talking and like him trying to escape and hitting the rewind button. And uh, some of the conversation that they have in there uh, was actual stuff from him, him uh, Tom Hiddleston describing to Owen Wilson what he thought Loki was. How great the dialogue is, because we're used to redeemed Loki and kind of wacky Loki, and we're back to motherfucking conquer the Earth Loki. And seeing him you know, in like, any version of what he would have done with his life if not a variant, like his mother dies and shit, and like, how he always loses. And seeing moments of vulnerable Loki before it came out of him just admitting that he's a weak piece of shit, and then immediately go and try to screw everybody again. The, the range of this 
old Loki turning into this new old Loki. Like they set the pacing fucking perfect on the first mm-hmm. get. I really enjoyed the chemistry between Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston. I think oh, that they marvelous. had a natural, amazing chemistry um, that was very delightful through the whole series. I feel like this is a completely different Loki that we're seeing as oh, it, it as, as the series progresses. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, only yeah. six episodes, but as each episode progresses to the next episode and by the end of the series he progresses to to be become a different person in fact loki has always been one of my favorite villains because you love to hate him and he's so um delightful as a um person who can charm you but then he's an asshole and he does something fucking completely nefarious and then you hate him again and i think that he progresses in this like he he becomes a different like I really felt a lot of sympathy for Loki during this as it progressed and especially by the end. He progresses very well and he is sympathetic, but I think one of the draws for Loki is everybody except for CK in the world has a little bit of Loki down in them. You know, like, <laughs> Oh man, no, trust me. It's there. <laughs> <laughs> he would say though. So maybe you're right. <laughs> Well, you know, we call him Professor Loki, right? That's what we kind of like this designate is Professor Loki. But the thing is, is that um, Professor Loki to me and Loki in general, the reason that he's loved is he's a rogue, kind of like Han Solo and um, Mm. Captain Jack Sparrow, Mm. where they're like, they do really good things. But there's always a little twist at the end where they're trying to get their their own thing done. Like they have their own, you know. Like they're really, only really looking out for themselves, but they can't help but start to care about the people that are involved in their adventures. Exactly. Loki's always been probably, if I have to rank everybody in the MCU, my favorite character because I oh, completely over-relate to him. But my favorite part was when the episode started getting deeper. I was getting phone calls, especially by people I performed as, as a comedian, as Loki. They're like, about two or three episodes into this, dude, it was like being on the road with you. <laughs> JC, you are Loki. Yeah, you are. My oh, favorite yeah. Halloween costume you've ever worn was Loki. Thank You're you. Lo- you are Loki. Oh yeah, I am. We've mentioned a lot of things already in regard to this show: the set design, the costuming, the acting, the chemistry. If there's one word that comes to my mind about this show from top to bottom, it's inspired. Mm. It just seems like everything in this show is inspired. Absolutely. This is a good time to mention that um, every one of these six episodes is directed by a lady named Kate Heron, who I've never heard of before. And I looked her up and I did, I don't know anything that she's done and she really hasn't done that much, but that's really cool. I, I'm, I'm really proud of this woman I've never heard of before. Kate Heron. I watched great. an interview with her today and yeah, she was inspired as hell, especially mm-hmm. about the design of the TVA because she had a lot of shitty office jobs, and she, mm-hmm. you know, she, she they didn't need to crowdsource that one. She went right to the artists. You know, speaking well, of design know. stuff, Jostacola makes an appearance in this show. <laughs> it makes me so happy. That Tastes was like- actually a clue for me that um, all the TVA, everybody in that entire dimension of where the TVA is, were variants. That was mm-hmm. a, I called it out before they revealed it to us. I said, all these people are variants. She Michael did. was like, no. Out of the blue. She's like, I think they're all variants. I'm like, I don't know. Over uh, Josta? They were. <laughs> it was kind of, it was Josta and also him mentioning the um the jet ski. Yeah. Those two things. I was like, these everybody in this place is a variant. And I think that was episode two. I think so. I was like, and, whatever. And then they were, so good job. 
Yeah, I was really proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. That's like the coolest jump for that I've ever heard yet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was like, whatever. Nope, she was right. And, and that episode kind of, uh, clo- you know, we, we learn about, we have the banter between them, but it kind of closes out with the, uh, where he finds the uh, drawer with the Infinity Stones. Oh, right. Yeah. He's like, and they're all useless. <laughs> and they, they don't, they don't do shit. They're fucking paperweights. Like, <laughs> yeah, use it for paperweights. Like, I'll turn you into a fish. Give me this. Like, what's a fish? I need to know the level of. I'm getting threatened by like the littlest things in this. It's like this place was made for Loki to get his ass handed to him. <laughs> well, yeah, it yeah. makes sense because it's a pocket dimension, and in this universe, it's its own little universe inside the multiverse. Uh, that it. Uh, None of the rules apply. They they wrote this this universe specifically for the TVA. Uh, well, he did. Kang, I guess, he or the, he remains, whatever. He remains. Like I'm not even. I don't have a shadow of a doubt that that's a Mortis. We'll get to it, but yeah, it's. it's um, I know yeah, who this dude is. <laughs> the last one. He's like he's like I'm much older than I look. I, who knows how even long he's been in that castle? Uh, since the beginning of time to the end of time. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, he does say that. So uh, to to roll through this here, going into the second episode, it kind of takes a turn to a buddy cop show for Owen Wilson and Loki, which makes me, yep. or I'm sorry, Mobius, 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 and Loki. I kind of want a buddy cop show. I'm going to pause right there, Jason, or for our listeners that might not know this, I just recently learned myself, and I don't remember them mentioning this in the show, but Mobius's name is actually Mobius M. Mobius. And yes, the M also stands for Mobius, so uh, mm-hmm. that, that's that's why JC seems to be stuttering tonight. Yeah, Malkovich, 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 Malkovich. That's why I can't call him just Mobius. He's Mobius, Mobius, Mobius. Like I've seen being John Malkovich way too many yeah. fucking times. Great, oh, great movie. Good, good, good reference there, the, the, the the buddy copped him and the you know the yep. we can't trust him and okay now I see where Professor Loki does come from though because he's like over. He's bullshitting his way through everything, just like, all right, well, this is what I would do. And I'm like, you would escape, motherfucker. Yeah, well, he's Holmes, and Mobius is Watson. <laughs> yes. And yes. it comes, like, they're acting those parts almost to a T, where, you know, you bring in Holmes. He's this private investigator that's that's going, kind of, he's helping, but he also has a means to an end. Um and uh, Watson is very down to earth and very he understands everything. He calls him out on his bullshit constantly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very much that, which I mean, you know, a lot of things have been Holmes and Watson. You could say Doctor Who, for the most part, was a kind of a play on Holmes and Watson. House is a play mm-hmm. on Holmes and Watson. It, 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 it's such a good trope, and it works here. And uh, yeah, it becomes this buddy cop detective show like Holmes and Watson, essentially. I like I like how they give Loki actual like clothes clothes just so they yeah, can slap a like jacket on him with grant in giant letters is that not a good look too i, yeah, want, I, I want that variant keep, coat i can keep it oh they sell it at hot topic yes i want it <laughs> been uh, browsing the hot topic website a lot lately have you no uh the there's ads for it all over facebook of the loki hey. clothing line and if you click it it takes you to hot topics website I am still a Tim Burton kid and i will buy that shit till the day i die <laughs> <laughs> I'll clap for that. I do like how the detective angle and the buddy cop angle in the second episode just lean itself into making him be more Loki. But the arguments between him and Owen Wilson, it seems like he does actually want to fucking help him catch him. 
Yeah. And it's granted it's because they've baited him with, you know, superior Loki. But still, it's like you can already see transition, you know, like it's he's not going to. Well, I mean, I guess it's, I've, and I wonder this, especially the first time and more so the second was having the Tesseract again and seeing it does nothing. And like, holy fuck, my whole everything I've done to build up to this mattered. Nothing. There's higher. I've, I'm a I'm nothing. Oh, wait, there's another me. I'll be better than that. Like, it's that's so Loki. Yeah. That's also the new spinoff of uh, That's So Raven. That's So Loki uh, coming to Disney Plus in 2024. (laughs) Well, you know, in this second episode as well, speaking of his deduction skills, this is where he starts to piece together that the variant uh, who they don't know yet is hiding in these uh, apocalypses at the end of timelines to kind of keep low key. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and we see that we see that awesome yeah. scene where they go back to pompeii and he's like oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rare in your life do you ever see an actor having as much fun that you can visibly tell as tom hiddleston shit wrecking that set just screaming nothing matters <laughs> i'm so what jealous range he has man that oh. guy's range is incredible god yeah, he was, he, doing Hamlet he's dead. he was doing Hamlet before Loki. <laughs> and now he's doing this. Man's good. Uh, yeah, the, the figuring out hiding in the apocalypse. And again, the jet ski thing, I do like there was a break for that just because it shows that he is, you know, Mobius, Mobius, Mobius is that boring. Like his clothes, all, like I thought they made him look like a, like a shitty gumshoe, like, like mm-hmm. somebody trying to audition to play a shitty gumshoe. Like, he would have yeah. been a damn good James Gordon, and now I realize that. Oh, good wow. call! Yeah. So, also, oh. something important happens in this second episode where Sylvie sets the charges on the timeline to distract the TVA, which I believe sets up the What If TV series for the oh. most part. Uh, all those little branches. I think the ending of the show sets up What If <laughs> it does, but at the time. You got to think I had to, to, took these notes as they went. <laughs> so when I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, that's what if. And no, I, do, I will say I thought that scene was a little jarring because that was the cliffhanger of the episode. Bam. She sets all the detonators off on the timeline and all the branches split off. And they're like, oh, my God, there's branches everywhere. And they never mention it again. But uh, in right. retrospect, you know, she just did that to spread their forces thin and distract them so they could sneak in. So, um I guess in that's the, all that really was. In the screens in the TVA, when you see them afterwards, it does show those lines collapsing. Mm. So, yeah, it's just they're spread thin. It's it's just getting all the forces out so she can go all fucking Rambo on right. their asses. We also see Cookville, Tennessee as one of the... Uh, what? One of the um, uh, events. One of what? the apocalypses. Yeah. yeah, one of the apocalypses in Cookville, Tennessee. What are I you think- talking about? 1999. It's, it shows it on the on the screen, and it's like from different uh, where, where the where the apocalypse took place, and it was like Cookville, took Cookville, Tennessee, or Cookville, USA, nineteen ninety nine. There's literally one Cookville. No <laughs> so, way. I mean, uh, also, can we talk for a second about Sophia De, De Martino just oh playing my God. Sylvie? Sylvie. And Let's what wasn't Sylvie originally a Loki apprentice? So she's actually the second uh, enchantress in Marvel comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they mention a lot in the costume design and stuff that a lot of her costume is supposed to be a mix of a new enchantress with old school Loki. Yeah. She's definitely enchantress. I mean, she enchants. And how intimidating, how intimidating would it be to act opposite Tom Hiddleston in that role? 
with him just chewing that scenery and being so confident. And they're like, well, you're going to have to be his opposite and act alongside him. That had to be intimidating. Oh, and guess what? Chemistry. And, guess and, what? And she you, fucking did it. Yeah, she, uh, yeah, did. she did. Yeah, <laughs> side caveat, uh, we're going to teach you basically how to fight like a fucking ninja. And you have yeah. to do it yourself on screen opposite oh, Tom Hiddleston in a series of one-take shots. Go have fun! Yeah. You know? And, and as, as the episode poured on, I was just like low-key falling in love with her. <laughs> I was like, this woman with is a beautiful. version of himself. Yeah, well, I, I mean, <laughs> me, I was like, this woman is beautiful. She is strong. Oh, yeah. She is, uh, this woman's amazing. She reminds amazing. me of somebody. <laughs> and you know that always helps too uh, sometimes it hurts uh, but like it was just like I was like wow like she is she's striking and she's beautiful she fucking killed it yeah she yeah. killed it great casting I mean uh, I love her I looked her up and I haven't seen anything else that she's done but she's done like over 50 acting roles in oh, well. movies and TV shows. So, Oh, I'm uh, sure we're going to see a lot more of her now because uh, I hope the, so. the big ears own her soul now. So when they She's call, incredible. she got to jump. And that uh, director, Kate Heron, you mentioned earlier, I mean, this is going to be springboard for both of them. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think she's going to stay in Loki land because, I mean, they've got, theoretically, from what I've been reading, I think they're saying they want to film it next year. They want to keep it on like a TV release schedule. She was huge in this, in these six episodes, a huge, huge, huge part. Like they can't just ignore her forever. Now she's part, like you said, she's, she's part of this. She's invested in this now. And she fucking kills it. And her actual story, it's amazing. Like uh, there's a series of moments through the show where you're like, okay, if you fuck this up, like with cliffhangers and everything, like if you fuck this up. And at first it was just me with Loki, and by the by the third episode it was like, if you fuck up Sylvie now, man, I'm gonna fucking. Run. It'd have been like if they killed Daryl from The Walking Dead in season yeah. three. Speaking of the third episode, that's where we find our antiheroes on the moon of Lamentis. Oh. Wow, this is a Doctor Who ass episode. Mm. Uh, what a more Loki thing to do in the world than get drunk and fuck up a plan? <laughs> oh my god! And I mean and. Uh, Man, there is some acting between those two in this episode. It has my one of my favorite scenes in the episode. Just going to yeah. jump forward to that real quick. Uh, not what you're probably going to think it is. There's quite a few, but the part where she is walking away from him, frustrated, yep. just screaming. I knew that's what you were going to say. She fucking screams and goes, ah, and, and everything <laughs> smashes. And me and my buddies all the time are like, I just wish I could do that when this certain person talks. Like, <laughs> just walk off and. Ah. It's so amazing. It's so emotional and it's so powerful. Oh and my it, God, you're so right. It's, oh, it's beautiful. I was a little pissed when it started. I'm like, I don't have Mobius, Mobius, Mobius in this episode. And I'm like, you know, in the first episode, he made a D.B. Cooper, you know, oh, Loki yeah. did the D.B. Cooper. And That's he so makes a reference. Awesome. He was like, you're, you're D.B. Cooper. That's so awesome. I'm like, I want more of those random moments of like, I know you did this. You know, like maybe we found out he actually, you know, did the Valentine's Day murders in Chicago or something. Yeah. You know? Like, I want more of these random Mobius, Mobius, Mobius moments. And then by the end of it, I'm like, I want to marry Sylvie. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, I I really loved that, how that episode really, um, and also the, the fourth episode, the Nexus event, um, really developed that weird relationship that you're like, please, don't, please don't do this. Please don't do this. Between two versions of Loki. But then it was really sweet. And I was like, they're not really 
the same person. I totally shipped it like immediately, and I was like, you know what? I don't even feel bad about it. I don't even feel bad about this right now. <laughs> That's how I felt too. And by the end of the fourth episode, I was like, um, oh, I want them to be together forever. Yeah. <laughs> Make no mistake. Millions upon millions of people watching that episode at the same time felt that exact same way of like, ooh, is this? and then at it, the end of it you were like it's oh, fine. no for real and and that one that one take sequence that they do through the streets awesome okay how cool is the the design so of that great. city oh my so god in the uh, and again i'm quoting a lot from the the thing i watched from the behind the scenes earlier and some of the other stuff i found online so the visual effects on that look so cool right yeah. they saved money by spray painting all of that shit in blacklight paint, and then they filmed it at night. Oh wow! So they put neon lights with blacklight paint, and so that's not a lot of fucking. I mean, clearly the screens and stuff are, but that's that cityscape looked like that. So how do you imagine how cool it would be to be running through that? Uh, you know, you speak of design. The first two episodes were so striking in its design. This third episode takes a complete 90 degree turn. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, a lot of it's green screen, but it's so beautiful with colors and just rich detail. The pictures of the cosmos and the, you know, planet crashing down. It was, it was just a beautiful uh, episode to look at. And the whole show does have an evolving color scheme to it. Mm. Oh, definitely. Like, it, it starts very drab by episode three when you can see all the possibilities open. Purple. Anytime you're not in something TVA related, the color palettes for anywhere that they go drastically change, but it's always very bombastic. It's very big. It's yeah. very bright. It's very colorful. It's very expansive. Mm -hmm. And nothing looks the same. And it makes Loki's journey look so much fucking cooler. Because, again, to Loki, this started in Avengers Tower. And, and did, anybody get, did anybody get the, 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 the vibes from Lamentus that kind of had like this Outer Worlds fallout? Yes! Outer, outer Worlds the whole fucking time. Yeah. Really dug that. But anyway. the cliffhanger on that episode was so fucking annoying. <laughs> it's like, okay, now they're going to die on this planet, but the TVA doesn't know where they are, so we're going to break some rules here. And their response is the Nexus event. What a fucking genius twist. It was fucking brilliant. Yeah, it, yeah, was, it, brilliant. Was, that, it was that spark of twisted romance between them that caused that timeline branch to be so distinct that just stood up from the rest. And they're like, oh, that's well, it where they are. went crazy right away. Yeah. And they were like, here that's it is. It is. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, I knew that something was going to happen. I knew they weren't going to just die. There was well, two course, more episodes. You know, you saw that quiet moment where they're talking. They're like, well, we're fucked. We're just, we're dead. This we, is where we're going to end. That's such a somber, quiet moment. And then that last meteor comes crashing down. You're like, oh. It was really sweet. Yeah. We escape the Nexus event on the Lamentus. And uh, then we kind of jump into dealing with uh, Sylvie's backstory. Well, they right don't away. escape the Nexus event. The TVA comes and grabs them. And oh, that's and yeah, yeah. I'm thinking they, they escaped per se, but you're right. They, they right, yeah, they the teased into uh, being arrested. <laughs> they are arrested. They teased the power um, of their combined powers, and then which comes Loki back has later. to go deal with um, Sith coming in over and over again and um, berating him about cutting about him and cutting her oh, hair. God, the time loop prison. <laughs> just keeps kicking him in the dick and kicking him in the dick and kicking over him in the dick. Over and over again. He's like, please stop. Asgard's please day. Stop. I called it Asgard's day. I know, I was day. wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. And he could have been in there for months, the way time is in the TVA, because Moby's like, all right, we're going to throw you back in there. He's like, no, please. Please don't. No. <laughs> I do like how it shows the fractured relationship that Mobius, 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 like, felt like he made a friend. Yep, yep. And like, didn't and like, oh, and Wilson oh, and he felt really, betrayed. Yeah, like I never thought there would be a, a, any timeline in the multiverse. I make this sentence. 
Owen Wilson acted his ass off in this show. And it's like, it's the little nuances where it used to him be going, wow, it'd be, you know, you could see him like, you betrayed me. And I'm like, Owen Wilson looks so serious with the mustache. Also in this episode, we see uh, B-15, the guard. Uh, that's where Sylvia unlocks her memories and really starts to influence other people in the TVA. Yeah, and if you look at it, B-15 also is a plot device because it shows how Sylvie's powers work. She had to go find, in episode three, she has to go back and find a memory because she can't generate synthetic memories. She has to go to something from your past and then, you know, enchant you and fuck you with you about it. Hmm. And just seeing the effects on her, it's like, oh God, we're all variants. And I like how when the news gets broken to Mobius, 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 he thinks it's a Loki trick. Oh, yeah, when uh, Loki is trying to tell him, look, you're all variants, and he's like, you're, okay, back in the back in the hole time for loop prison. Yeah. And um, then he starts to look into it, and then he steals the um, Timpad, which I thought was a really bold move for his character, because they're like best friends, apparently, they they have a deep relationship, whether it's romantic or not, doesn't seem to be, but a deep friendship, and she knows what the fuck is going on. Like it's clear from early on that she knows she's got some knowledge about what the fuck is happening. What is real. And I think that she knows from the get go that everybody there, including herself is a variant. Um, and then um, he steals the tent pad from her and f- finds out the, the truth that she was trying to hide. Mm. So I think that that's really important. I had such a sinking feeling when he stole that temp pad. I was like, oh, no, Mobius I, is now going to die. Yeah, I I, like, oh, I, no. I knew. I knew. <laughs> when he stole it, I was like, he, is, he, he can't get away f- with this. Like, I he's also, done. I also like the parallel that he pulled a Loki. Oh, oh, nice. Oh, you know, he, he did. Pulled, he pulled Good a point. Loki. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it got him killed. <laughs> well, killed. Well, Hash marks. Lowercase uh, k. Pruned. 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 They go somewhere yeah. else. They're not really killed. They're pruned. Pruned the from time the timeline like a tree leaf. Place. I was watching that at work. And um, and I audibly screamed. <laughs> <laughs> I went, that happened? no! <laughs> like, I was so mad. I was uh, like, I'm not Mobius. <laughs> it made it even more... Even more um, of a pleasure to see him come back later. Yes. Oh yeah. But... In the pizza delivery car. Come in. Yes. <laughs> and they definitely, they definitely played uh, once again, like I said, with Wanda vision, they did uh, some um, wizard of Oz stuff, but with this, Ooh. it was very much wizard of Oz uh, for the first oh, half. Oh yeah. Totally. Like, In fact, Michael's kept saying that while we're watching it. He was like, this is some Wizard of Oz shit. This is some Wizard of Oz shit. There's somebody behind the curtain kind of pulling the strings here. This is some definitely Wizard and of Oz it's, shit. It's funny. And I thought it was Renslayer. I actually, yeah. for a long time, I thought it was her. I did too. It's funny it you say like that because if you more. watch the behind the scenes docs, they say the words Wizard of Oz like every five sentences. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like in the case of He Who Remains, he was like, yeah, I'm going to be a mix of Willy Wonka and uh, fucking The Wizard of Oz. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, that last episode is totally Wonka. I'll get it. We'll get that. there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got a feeling that's going to be the bulk of our time. It's just yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. I like right. how we're all slowly speeding to the end on it. Mm. Um, the fight scene in that episode, though, at the end of it, really showcased the difference in the fighting styles of Sylvie and Loki, though. Oh, man, and, it's awesome. And, you know, I like how B-15 kind of fought like a, you know, like you like you train a security guard to fight. Like, I swing this thing at you. 
And what a hey, cool I, saving moment B15 had there too, you know. Just, no. Didn't expect her to save uh, show up and save the day. That was awesome. How awesome is she in this show too? So good. So good. You know, that's something that nobody has been really hitting on online when I see reviews and shit come up. And B15? She's, yeah, yeah, she's such a big part of the fucking story and oh, acts it out so well. It so yeah, mine too. I mean, I don't have an I don't have a character in this that I disliked. Um, real quick though, um, did anybody think the timekeepers were real? Was anybody surprised when you found out they were androids? No, I, they were fake. I, d- I, I knew did it. Not. I knew they were fake. I, I knew the they were beginning. fake, especially considering yeah. the one in the middle looks like Kang's mask without the lines drawn yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. I was like, nah, that's not real. Kang's not splitting power between two other people. And I figured this, this they were fake from the beginning because um, nobody ever talked to them or saw them ever, mm-hmm. except for Renslayer. And it, supposedly right. and she would go in there and that's why that's when i thought that she was behind it all because she knew they weren't like, real. like she was going she and running the wizard of oz machine yes yeah. exactly well after loki wakes with the other variants we start our next episode the most easter egg filled episode of any God. show i've ever seen in my entire life titled its own easter egg journey into mystery which is where these characters in marvel debuted yeah two words thanos copter Thanos copter. <laughs> what the fuck? Like I was watching the episode and I was like, wait a minute. And I like once again watching it in the office. And I was like, pause. And I was like, Did you guys see that? Because like, we're all like huddled in there, like watching it. And I was like, is that the Thanos copter? And then I hit play. I was like, I'll look at it later. I'll look at it later. I'm gonna watch it the second time. So I watched it again that day. But cor- man. correct me if I'm wrong. Uh CKpedia. Go go Googles. Um wasn't Child Loki one of the first, like, actual, never written, like, bad Lokis? Child Loki, yeah, he was a young Avenger. Um, so he was always, like, kind of played off as he was a trickster, but he was a, he was considered to be a good guy. Oh. Yeah, for I sure. I thought so. I thought so. Because I know I've read some of the issues with him in it, and he was a good guy. But, in man. Fact, uh, in fact, CK, why don't you go around and break, uh, break down those variant Lokis for us? Oh, okay. yeah, good job. So uh, we have my favorite. Uh, which probably isn't much of a surprise. It's not Alligator Loki. Uh, it's classic yeah. Loki or OG Loki, original uh, Loki. What Richard Grant, I think, played him. Yes. Oh my God. You know the concept art they drew him in there. They never wanted anybody else. He's perfect. It's, <laughs> He's, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's insane. But yeah. So that's that's the Loki we know from Journey into Mystery, the old um, uh, Jack Kirby style Loki. Uh, and then the story, you know, it's it, he's literally in the outfit. Like, I mean, it's it, it looks it's not even like a bad cosplay. It's like this is what the outfit would look like if you put it on someone. But there they didn't they didn't bulk him up or anything. No. It's just him, you know. Like you can see his nipples through it and everything. It's fucking hilarious. It's fucking oh, man. awesome. And his body language near the end of the episode when he's starting to raise those spires of Asgard and uh, the way he's casting those spells, bringing up the buildings. Oh, mm. what, what cool acting! How so much good. fun would it have been to see him on set doing that? Oh wow. And I can remember the years, of course, when um, when Kid Loki was more introduced uh, as a mainstay in the Marvel comics, uh, along with Lady Loki at the time, which was uh, Sif in a, or Loki and Sif's body. Uh, and Kid Loki <laughs> was always the most innocent, uh, most kind of pure, but like trickstery Loki. Man, I love that character so much. Like I said, he's been a Young Avenger, uh, and I'm sure that they're going to put him in Young Avengers. Uh, it's more than likely. Um. And then, of course, we have him carrying around Alligator Loki, which was made for the show, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, uh, it was made it, for the show. Yeah, it was play, a play on Throg. Everybody loves it. Yeah, everybody loves it. It's play, kind of a play on Throg where, you know, you have the Thor frog, which also appears in this episode, by the way. Yeah, uh, 
two seconds. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So yeah. Weird. It was, you know, you blink and you miss it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't catch it the first time. I caught it the second time. Yeah, and so you have Alligator Loki, and he becomes uh, one of the fan favorites. Shortly, slowly but surely. Um, and you have uh, Loki the boastful or uh, Loki the prideful, a character I'm not really uh, familiar with, but uh, one that uh, took Mjolnir as his own. And um, that's really interesting to me. Um, mm-hmm. I wish that we could expand more on the character, and I hope that they kind of do something with that. Well, and then there's uh, Sylvie, who refuses to go yeah. by Loki. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you've got their their crash pad from where they're afraid to fight the giant volcanic ash smoke dragon thing. What was his mm-hmm. name? Eliath. Um, Eliath. Thank you. And, and Eliath is down. a character that Kang is known fearing and trying to subdue and enslave in the comics because he can't do anything with Eliath. He can't beat hmm. Eliath. Eliath is a temporal being that eats everything in his path. He's almost a force of nature like Galactus. But his empire, is uh, his his breadth of strength is, is three times the size of that of Kang's. Uh, he's a very powerful character in the Marvel Cinem- or Marvel Universe. And, uh, he didn't strike me so much like a like a like a guard dog, like an angry dog, or like an angry shark. It, it, it thought of I thought of him more of like a kimono dragon. Like everything I touch dies, and then I eat, and I'm always hungry. Yeah, like like it's just and the TVA is just feeding him Scooby snacks like every 15 minutes when they find another fucking Loki. Mm. So. Well, I mean, like, you have the USS Eldritch that falls to it, which you guys know the story about that, right? The Philadelphia Experiment? Oh, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. That was another, like, very nice research nod. Mm -hmm. Yeah, super cool dive. These guys, uh, all these people that make this show really love uh, some conspiracy theories and some mysteries. Mm -hmm. And this is a journey into mystery in and of itself. It really is. Man, and there's so much stuff going on when they're driving through the countryside. Like I said, the the Easter eggs. You see... uh, you see a giant um, yellow jacket helmet laying there, uh, which I'm pretty sure has a giant yellow jacket skull in it. Oh, uh, you're uh, right. I do remember that now. So I yeah, that because of the skull specifically. Yeah, there's a there's a dead yellow jacket that got too big in one of the uh, multiverse multiversal events and, and had to go Nexus being or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and you see a living tribunal statue. Which is awesome because I thought that was the direction they were going to go with the TVA on at first. I kind of did too. Go to Living Tribunal. Yeah, like, I thought they might touch on that too because I mean, like, it's just kind of obvious until you get all the Kang reference. Hell, you see Kang Tower in this. It's Avengers Tower, but it's with the the Q E N G Kang Industries, uh, which is mm. one of the companies he owns. Um, you see the Sphinx, which, of course, if you know about Kang, you go back to Rama Tut when he first came to Earth. And, or came back to the past and he went back and was a pharaoh and he brought the sphinx here yep yep that's where it came from hmm. that was in the early was that in the early avengers run or the early fantastic four run when he appeared Ooh, fantastic four okay uh, I, I got a question <laughs> for mike so what do you think of sylvie's plan though like when she says okay we're gonna enchant it like where where's your head at right now for that I thought it was creative. I thought it was cool. It's um, not bloodthirsty, which is what she's sort of uh, been through the series a little bit so far. But uh, it was also cool, uh, again, team up with Loki, uh, bring out some of his powers that uh, he didn't really know that he could tap into. And it was just a clever plan. It was bold. uh, But she was just going to see her fucking plan through is what she was going to do one way or the other. And it's a clever little way to do it. Yep. 
which brings us to the finale. And by the Ooh. way, listeners at home or in your car or at work, don't drink every time we say Loki. No, don't do that. You will die. Our podcast doesn't need to be a drinking game. <laughs> How dare you? Just throwing it out there. <laughs> so the pathway to the Citadel is opened, uh, and at this point there's still questions. We see it out there, but is he imprisoned? Who's in there? What's going on? Is it the leader of the TVA? They're about to step through there. And then we run into Miss Minutes, who offers oh. <laughs> both Lokis everything they ever wanted. And without really dialogue in between them, you can see the, you know, the, the effects of their journey. Because in the beginning of either one of their journeys, they'd have probably taken that shit. I just want to take oh, a yeah. second to say how much I've, I love Miss Minutes. Oh, um, from the very first episode, I was like, who is Miss Minutes? And It's Tara Strong. Um, it's Tara Strong. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Okay. So, um, no. but I just love her country accent, y'all. <laughs> and she just sounded like such a local person. I love Miss Minutes. Uh, the best Miss Minutes scene for me was in episode two when Loki's trying to do research and ask questions. And she's just basically fucking with him. That's the moment I realized, like, this is more than an AI. Like, this is, like, something's Same. happening here. Yeah. And if you love Jurassic Park, there's a little bit of Mr. DNA in there. Oh, absolutely. Oh, nice. Anyway, hey, y'all. Right. <laughs> well, how hey, terrifying y'all. Here's how the TVA works. <laughs> when she jump scares them in that hallway. In the Chronopolis. <laughs> And and that whole building is design is so much different than every other design for scenery wise that you've seen in the show so far. But yet also the same color schemes that happen when it's just Loki and Sylvie. And I thought that was a fucking cool nod. Can I touch on that building for a second? Oh yeah, please. Okay, and uh, also just a quick aside uh, about um, old man Loki who did something amazing by creating buildings. We all saw that. It was wonderful. It was. The most powerful he, thing I've ever seen a Loki do. He created the uh, <laughs> the uh, Asgard towers, right? Yeah, 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 completely. But anyway, so then we see a beautiful castle, a citadel at the end of time, which I'm pretty sure is Chronopolis, um, because it seems like it's Chronopolis. Chronopolis, of course, is Kang City in the microverse, or as you may know it, the quantum realm. Mm. Nicely done, sir. Uh, and this can tie directly back into Ant Man because even so, in Endgame, when he's talking about what he went through in the quantum realm, how he said the time moves differently there. Well, that is a direct that, shout out to my buddy Ray's, my, Ray Myers Fit, by the way, that brought this up to me. And it's kind of crazy. I didn't think about it. And you're the man for bringing this up, Ray. Uh, that Ant Man says the same thing about time passing differently in the quantum realm that Mobius says about time passing differently in the TVA. Oh, so nice. could the TVA be in the quantum realm? It could be, no. or, but, but this is, I think, I think Chronopolis may definitely exist in the quantum realm at some point, because in the oh. comics it does. Oh. Uh, it, it's Kang's Citadel. And, 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 and you know, we, we can, you can kind of cross all this stuff over. Sorry, big spoiler. This is a character that is somewhat Kang the Conqueror, which is hard to explain. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, <laughs> And speaking but, of, Jonathan Majors is cast in Quantumania, so there's even oh, more evidence. Shit. Yeah, yeah. His first his first announcement was the villain as Kang the Conqueror at what, the Disney Expo last year yeah. as the villain of Quantumania. No, so I mean, it kind of all makes sense. And uh, wow, this is a uh, it's it's beautiful. It's striking. It's very Dracula. 
Ooh, nice. Uh, but it's very Willy Wonka. Also, I, I want to point out, if you notice, in the Citadel itself, there are cracks. I was about to say the entire point. thing where it has been repaired. Mm-hmm. And this is a call out to something known as Kintsugi. It's a Japanese art of repairing ceramics, dishes, bowls, stuff like that. And you typically, uh, to my understanding, use gold to do that. And then the cracks in it all become part of the design and shows a new level of beauty in it's that. It's a beautiful and art. Oh, wow. It is. It looks exactly like the inside of that castle. That's, a, that's amazing because my thoughts on it were since the timeline's about to end, you know, they're about to go to the port where there's no more written, right? I thought it was just unstable. Like it looked like it was coming apart. Mm, and that, like that's a way like, better answer. I like that better. So one of the things that is interesting about this too, I mean, this episode is so riveting and so much of it takes place behind a desk. Mm-hmm. I was it's, on the edge of my seat. It's like, riveting. I was literally as fuck. on the edge of my seat, like staring at the TV, like what the fuck? <laughs> So when you look at He Who Remains, when they meet him and everybody comes in here and everything, I learned this today for watching a costume design thing. Every single piece of He Who Remains clothing is from a different timeline in a different country from places that Kang has appeared in the comics. Wow. Oh, so so cool. it's make him look like he's totally ageless. And he's kind of lost his fucking mind. He's been here for an uncalculable amount of years. He's oh, got wow. a very Willy Wonka vibe, you know, the very... Wizard of Oz vibe. He's been isolated. He's kind of almost like a a polite Heath Ledger Joker kind of insanity Mm -hmm. about them all. Mm -hmm. But I mean, he does. He's bored. He kind of wants to know the end of the story. But I'm going to stand by this. He's not Kang. No. He's he who remains. This is the one guy that found all the other Kangs in the multiverse and killed him. It doesn't make him less fucked up, though. Because he is. It seems like he's kind. Like he's like. I am so happy to see some other people that I can have a conversation with and let's do that. And if you, you know, don't kill me, you can just take over, like just take over. That's fine. <laughs> well, you've take heard of people when they get, you've heard of people when they get older, they soften in their years. Yeah. This guy's got to uh, be and He's like, real you can soft. take over or, yeah. or if you kill me, then who knows what the fuck's going to happen? Cause I've killed all these fucking evil motherfuckers that are my, alternate persons because i trusted him like loki trusted him he's like i trust what he's telling me because i was like this guy he's being genuine yeah like like he's telling you everything that you need to know and And i felt like loki knew it too if you look at him in contrast when they first try to attack him he can just touch that little you know computer on his hand and boom he's like i know everything i've read everything i know it you know like i can't sit in a chair what if it explodes well why not an exploding floor you know, like he's yeah. he proves that he knows what the fuck is happening up until whatever is written stops. And I've read a lot of theories online that say this is probably supposed to coincide with WandaVision when she, you know, does this stuff. But there's no way that that timeline sits up. And I wish that theory would die. Well, I, well, I, well, I kind of like it. I kind of like yeah. it because I, I, really I, 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 I synced it up. And honestly, when I did, like, it's really crazy how much it works when she's like, when the last you sync up the last two episodes oh shit at the same time that she's doing yeah at the same time she's doing all that stuff he starts reacting like he's like oh there it is Mm -hmm. and then right when he says oh this is it the nexus event happens and she says to or agatha says to her you don't have any idea what you've just unleashed oh my god like right there when my mind is blown it's really weird 
Also, another theory that ties into that is when uh, He Who Remains dies, when she stabs him and the multiverse breaks off. That's the moment when Wanda hears her kids cry out. Mm-hmm. Because by all intents and purposes, they did die if they even really truly existed. Yeah. So when that multiverse cracks, when she kills him, that's when she hears her kids. The theory, I guess, has more weight than I thought. It's, it's well. it like that. Yeah, that's well, it seems like it's pretty solid by well, yeah. what you guys just said. You know, my interpretation is all these shows are kind of happening simultaneously. First of all, Loki disappeared from the timeline of, I guess, the normal regular timeline in 2012. Right. And so that's where his series began yep. in 2012. He steps yeah, out of time at that point, though. Once, once yeah. you're in the TV, it's no longer 2012. You're just out of time. You are out of time. Ah. Uh. Oh, don't need money. (laughs) Don't take pain. (laughs) Back to not Kang. Yeah, I mean, he he genuinely doesn't know what's going to happen, but he does warn him. I mean, I think a part of him is just he wants to quit the job either way. Yeah, he's done. He's had it. He's he like, actually oh. does not. It doesn't seem like he cares. No, nope, he's, he's like, he really you doesn't. can take it's over, so or you can kill me. <laughs> well, but some here's of the lines what's going to happen if you take over. Uh, you you can take over and it'll be great. Or well, some, you can kill me and who knows what the fuck's going to happen. It's going to be chaos. Well, some of the lines but of dialogue that he makes proves this because he does say things like, you know, I'm bored. Yeah. You know, and like, I think that was the big tell. And that he, oh, yeah, he says, uh, I'm much older than I look. Yeah. <laughs> I really but, love that character, the actor. Oh, man. Talk about chewing scenery. God. Oh. He uh, steals the whole damn show in like really five does. minutes. Yeah, I yeah. watched a, a thing uh, that wasn't on the. Disney Plus when it was just a behind the scenes one on YouTube. The him jumping on the table and just, you know, just going crazy batshit Willy Wonka on them was improved by him, but he's reading like he's saying the script fucking verbatim. And when you see Sylvie and Loki jump back like what the fuck is happening, like he genuinely scared the shit out of them. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. That's cool. And like yeah, they yeah. talked about how Jonathan Majors on set is just such a powerhouse. And well, obviously, he's he's amazing. Like I was super impressed by him. He is. Uh, if we do Perfect another, casting. Okay, but let's talk. Make a it Jonathan Majors. Yes. <laughs> let's talk yes. a little bit about Jonathan Majors. Yes, as Kang, because and let me just say, so he is. He he reveals here that he is a version of this person, who uh, other versions all met together, and that was what started the multiversal multiversal war after they found the multiverse, uh, which would have been Nathaniel Richards, I think was his name. Yeah, Nathaniel Richards who would have found it the thirty first century. Or- That's a long time away. Yeah, the <laughs> difference. <laughs> and so. Um, he explains that, you know, basically there's these other versions of him. They all got together. The multiversal war happens. And so I could be known in comics. Uh, this version, like I said, he is kind of a combination of the idea of he who remains, but the uh, sensibilities of Immortus in every other way. Uh, uh, so when we meet them in comics, of course, we have uh, Immortus that shows up in comics chronologically first. Uh, we found out that Rama Tut was a version of him when he first went back. <laughs> that ruled uh, Egypt, that brought the Sphinx. We have Kang the Conqueror, of course. And we have uh, Iron Lad, which happened later in comics. Uh, but he was uh, a guy that came and posed as young Tony Stark in the Young Avengers and turned out to be Kang. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but can you imagine Jonathan Majors, the way that he chews up these scenes, the way that he's so good, him being a ruthless dictator as Kang the Conqueror. 
Absolutely. Well, He's not going to behave like that the next time we see him. It's no, going to be a completely no, different person. And uh, he did say, you know, see you soon. Yeah. yeah we'll and in those final, just to round out Loki and that closing arc here with him, when Loki gets back to the TVA and goes back to talk to Mobius, 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 they don't know who the fuck he is. They have no idea the, what's going on. And where the statues of the timekeepers were are Kang. Mm. And clearly they haven't finished designing the helmet yet, so they use the unhelmeted version of him. I thought that was a pretty slick play. But well, I mean, still the costume. He's got that circular tunic, yeah. belt. He's got, you know, he's in the fucking Kang costume. Got the dots. <laughs> so... There is a version in Phase 4 now, if not in every timeline, we don't know. Kang wins. I think it broke everything. I think it just broke everything. It broke everything. I think it did exactly what he said it would do. I think it broke fucking everything. And and definitely Kang is not going to make his last appearance in Ant-Man 3, because my money... Is that he's new Thanos and we're stuck with him until Fantastic Four. Ooh, good theory. Yeah, and I believe Fantastic Four come in. They're going to come fix this shit, and that'll also open the door if they have to collapse timelines, which comic books love to do. Cough, cough, crisis. Um, (laughs) You know, when if they can collapse all the timelines, it gives a viable excuse for why mutants are in the timeline and hated because they could be a side over left effect of the multiverse. Yep. And now we loved our superheroes, but now these things are just freaks. This opens up a door to legitimately make the X Men viable. Mm. Yeah. Oh, also, great. Also, really? in the show, in the show, they mention uh, Mobius without hesitation. He mentions like, you know, we've brought in all kinds of dangerous creatures, we brought in <laughs> titans, and uh, he says something else, and 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 vampires. And I'm like, thanks for low key saying, <laughs> here's Blade coming. Yeah. I like uh, how we, we just, all can't stop sleeping in Loki. Oh, it's on now. <laughs> but like it's saying also, vampires are like they are in the, the Marvel comics. They're very powerful. Dracula is very dangerous, Which very powerful. And Blade has to be just as powerful, if not more powerful, than the vampires that he fights. So we got Blade out there that could just be like, he's going to show up and be like, I'm going to whoop these dudes' ass. <laughs> it's going down. This is very important six episodes in the Marvel mm. universe going forward. Oh, like absolutely. more important, like one division was a great beginning. And then Falcon and Winter Soldier was a cool little movie. But I think that this six episodes of Loki was like a hugely important going forward for the next 10 years in the Marvel yeah. series, in the Marvel yeah. universe. Mm-hmm. And there was so much that happened that we watched almost every, every episode twice there's so much going on and it's like a lot to take in a lot to um, absorb and it, and it sets up a lot of a lot. So well, I have exciting. one small thing to add to what you said, cause I agree with everything that you said, but Falcon and winter soldier also is doing the same thing on a smaller level because we're getting shows like she Hulk and miss Marvel and all the street level stuff. And sure. I think Falcon and winter soldier is opening up, the street level oh, part of Marvel, which I love, and you know, because now we've got whole new threats, whole new enemies, whole new ways to tackle it, and whole new people to call. So sure. it sets up side teams, and we know that <laughs> <I'm a> Thunderbolts, <laughs> Thunderbolts. Yeah. Yeah. I just yeah. meant yeah, that in the coming, main, so. like gigantic, humongous storyline. This is where. Oh, you're right. Your, I, I, your I like the fact they're, they're doing it on two levels. Like, if you don't like the cosmic shit, 
you know, Thunderbolts are fucking coming. Sure. And so they're, they're, well, it's all they're coming. really smart. That's the like, thing about Marvel is the Marvel Universe, man. They know how to tie everything in together to make it uh, cohesive and interesting. It's actually brilliant marketing. And we all fucking love it. So <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, I'm going to need them to bring in Charlie Cox and the Vincent D'Onofrio, though. I mean, Daredevil and Fist, come yeah. on. That's oh, one of my yeah. favorite parts of things that seem it. to have been we, non-canonized, we, perhaps. I don't know. But everybody wants to see them. Come on. Hell yeah. Because, but we're getting Moon Knight, and now here's one thing we think about. I will admit, I don't know a whole lot about Moon Moon Knight. I've read a couple of comics here and there, but I'm not super. He seems like a schizophrenic. It's more dissociative identity disorder. Yeah, it's 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 DID. But the question is, is if the identities that he's speaking to are actually talking to real gods, and he really is doing all this shit, or if he's really a movie star or if none of it's real and he's just some guy in a suit hanging out with the Avengers. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah that's the few episodes, the few episodes, the few issues that I read of one from several years ago was kind of like that. So um, but the Moon Knight, I liked the, it. I the just, Moon Knight shows based from what I've read off the Bendis run. So we're in yeah. for some shit. Yes. The idea is fuck. <laughs> yeah. So this does show, we're getting season two, and by the end of this, Loki's in the TVA, Sylvie's still in, you know, at the end of time. We're getting a season two that I like how these both characters are displaced to where they can come into movies or not, and we still get them in season two. What are your guys' thoughts of the where everybody ends in Loki? Or what That's we're a see great next? question. I, I'd like to answer first, if y'all don't mind, just because it's right on the tip of my head. When the show ended, I, I didn't know what to think or do, and because we were just sitting there, just with our mouths open, like what? It was fantastic. It was one of the best shows I've ever watched in my life. I love it. I think that even people who aren't even superhero fans would enjoy this show. I really do because it's it deals with so many weird things. I don't know. It's it's very Marvel related, but it's it just has so many elements to it that's so cool. That's my thoughts. Sorry, that's short. <laughs> that's good. Mike, what you got? Uh, well, you know, it does leave the characters in interesting points. Uh, Sylvie, from what it appears to, uh, she could just go wherever the hell she wants. Uh, the world is open to her now. The multiverse is open for her to go wherever she wants, so that's that's good for her. Uh, she seems to have gotten her redemption, so we'll see if that gives her a personal satisfaction or where that leads her character. Uh, Loki, who knows where the hell he's at, but he's alive. And thank fuck that Mobius did not die. <laughs> I, I, yeah, you know, at any given time, I was like, no, Hiddleston's not going to make it out of the show. Uh, no, Mobius is going to die. Sylvie's going to die. There were legitimately points all throughout the show. I really, in my heart, I was like, they're going to die. They're, they're not going to make it through this. And yeah. they all didn't. And they're all in very interesting places. And it'll be interesting to see where they all meet up again. Yeah, I thought Hiddles was going to die. Uh, for sure, I just really did. I thought they weren't going to leave him in the show. I thought, mm-hmm. like, this is this is right. Okay, we can do this now. I'm 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 capable of taking it if Tom Hiddleston's Loki dies, uh, but it didn't happen, and that that makes it even more rich. Uh, I do think that so since Kang Immortus whatever is no longer he who remains, um, Nathaniel Richards. I guess we'll just call him that. Uh, I guess that Sylvie is she who remains. Oh. And um, because she's still hmm. the last person alive. 
Okay, maybe, but um, he did say to her, to them, um, if you don't kill me, you can take over. But if you right. do kill me, then I can't give you anything that's going to happen because it's going to be all of my variants, all of the variants of me that are going to take over everything. So Jamie's I don't, right. I don't think that Sylvie's going to be the person who remains. Like and, and, It's going to be a many, 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 many horrible variants of Kang. <laughs> The Conqueror yeah. that are leading all these different branches of the and universe that remains. You're 100 percent right, yeah, and right. he does mention, you know, they're not all like me. Yeah, and he also like, mentioned that very, this is very the, evil. He said that the, if you take the TVA away, and you saw him grin and do kind of that washing his hands of it thing, go everything yeah. burns. Yeah, yeah. So and 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 Loki was like, please don't kill him. I think he's right. But she was just adamant about killing him, and but she's not going to be she who remains. It's going to be a lot of variants of um, evil yeah. Kang the Conquerors who are ending, and their and, and their branches are huge now. It's a very branched out tree that's happening. It's very so. bleak. Uh, Sylvie might get characters. lost in all of it. Actually, and yeah, that does suck. I, I think they're going to get well, quantum leap again. They're Ooh. gonna get Quantum Leap though. Yeah. That used to be one of my favorite shows of a kid. As a kid, I oh. love Quantum Leap. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Hated the ending because it's like, hey, look, it's a bar in heaven. But you know, loved the rest of it. I like a bar in heaven. <laughs> but it was supposed to be the ending. It was supposed to be the ending. Is the thing like his daughter's still out there looking for him? But oh, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to get another season when he actually comes back home, and they ended up stopping it there. I don't think yeah. I ever actually saw that last episode. Weird. Anyway, Quantum Leap, that's something <laughs> for another time. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. A time 25, 30 years ago. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I think that Loki... Uh... <laughs> I think, that, I think that... Next. I went first, right? Okay, so who's next? Yeah. I, went next. I think that Loki, is, like you said, is in the uh, is in some kind of uh, alt- uh, twisted version of the TVA when it got uh, messed up after the uh, branches happened. Mm. Anyway, JC? I, I I got a couple of things here. Um, I don't think there's any multiple versions of the TVA. I think that is its own pocket universe, microcosm, you know, maybe a part of the quantum realm, and Kang conquered it. Hmm. Um, I think the way that it's going to go right now is that we're not going to see Sylvie until season two of Loki. Just period. We're going to see Loki in Doctor Strange, you know I hate fan theories as much as you know I possibly can bitch, but I've spouted off like three today that I hardcore believe, especially that Kang's not going away until Fantastic Four, even if he goes away then. It's got to be that, man. <laughs> now, I want him to survive it, because if, because if, if Kang goes out in Fantastic Four, it better fucking be introducing Doctor Doom. No, I mean, I mean, like Fantastic Four and Kang are so interlinked that something's going down in Fantastic. Well, what Four. if what if Kang goes and finds Doctor Doom and throws him in there, and Kang stays around? I want to see Kang hang out for about ten fucking years, like Jamie was saying. Oh, I do too. I want to. I want to see yeah. this guy hang out for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're going to see Loki trying to talk sense into people, but I don't think I don't think Loki's going to be a big role in Doctor Strange, and uh, like, we know Wanda is. Yeah, but I, I don't, I don't know. And and there's those toy leaks from Spider Man Three that show him shooting webs with Doctor Strange energy around it. Like everything's about to get fucked up. Nothing yeah. that we expected for any of these movies is you know, speculation at this point. At the end of this episode, is 
completely just batshit. We're monkeys throwing shit at a wall. We're throwing yeah. darts at a bullseye, uh, a boar trying to hit a bullseye. Uh, I don't think Loki's going to have a strong role in it, but I do think we're going to see Loki periodically show up in movies in Phase 4 in anything that revolves the multiverse splits. Now, the Eternals, no Chong chi See, I started to pronounce it right. I practiced it. I practiced oh it just for you, CK. Uh, not going to appear, but I think pretty much everything else in Phase 4, I think we're getting Tom Hiddleston for at least 10, 5 minutes, you know. I think he's. I, I think he is the Silver Surfer in this scenario, where he is the Harbinger and Galactus is Kang, and yeah. he. But instead of you know warning you to evacuate, he's saying this motherfucker's coming. What the fuck are we gonna do? Like he is Paul yeah. Revere saying the Redcoats are coming all across fucking Marvel for this whole fucking phase, which is a great spin, and we all love Loki. And this show could end. I mean, season two could end with the final write off of Loki, but I'm telling you the show's so well received. Everybody's loving it. We know he's appearing in phase four. I think you better be ready to see Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Uh, he turned 40, uh, right as this came out. And uh, I think you better get ready to see 50 year old Loki. That's Good, my because thought. Nobody could be Loki. Nobody else could be Loki. He is Loki and it's perfect. So he needs to just settle in and plan on making money off this for the next rest of his life. Oh, he's he's very vocal about it, saying that he'll drop any project to be Loki at any time. Good. And when he did Endgame, they told him that was it. I mean, sorry, in Infinity War, they said that was it. And then they called him and said, hey, can you do shooting for a day? And then after he did shooting for a day, they were like, oh, by the way, uh, we're pitching a TV show. Are you in? And he's like, yeah, I'll cancel everything. Like, oh, yeah. like he, he loves this character. He knows it made his career because he started it... playing it at 29. He turns 40 this year. There's literally Dude, no one that could be better at it. Uh, no. He's perfect. You know, he originally auditioned for Thor. Yeah. Well, that would have been and it's crazy to watch his audition tape. He was, he <laughs> was pretty, he was this pretty was... jacked at the time. Dude, his audition tape is dope. He was jacked as fuck. That's weird. He even had that that fucking middle America accent thing he was using. Like, like yeah. fucking, it was crazy. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm gonna look that up now. <laughs> the director of the director of Thor uh, worked with him in a thing of Hamlet. They became friends, and when he told him he was doing Thor, he auditioned for Thor, and but they couldn't say Thor or Loki. They had to put other names on it. And Tom Hiddleston memorized both parts, and he did both. And then when Chris Helmsworth came and read, they were like, "Oh shit, let's make him Loki against Chris Helmsworth. This is gonna be dope." And he was like, "Okay, I'll be Loki." And then he just fell in love with it. So, yeah, you can yeah. find all of this on YouTube, all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, down to them costume-fitting him as Loki and him be like being 29 years old with the hangover and the Loki outfit, being like, I feel like a god outside, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, the director of Thor was uh, the first Thor, 2011, was Kenneth Branagh. Great, yeah. great, great act- actor. Yeah, wonderful, director. Uh, very Shakespearean. Uh, so we've yes. got our... So I think we've all got our final thoughts on Loki. Here's there anything anybody wants to add, throw in, rough and tumble, or are we good? Well, I mean, like I said earlier, the word I would use is inspired. From top to bottom, the show was just inspired. I I didn't see any weak points. I just don't really have any complaints about it. It, it was clever. It was heartfelt. It was surprising. Uh, the art direction, incredible. I I don't have a damn bad thing to say about it. And for those of you who don't know Mike D in person, that's a shocking statement. <laughs> Fair. It was very intricate, lots of twists and turns. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on the edge of my seat pretty much for every six episodes. And um, the acting, everything was perfectly cast, um, perfectly written. I'm very um, 
I'm happy with it myself. Yeah, Marvel just keeps releasing better shows every time. Like I like the next one better it. than the first one. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This 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 drug dealer is upping their shit every <laughs> fucking yeah. dose, man. And like, I'm hooked. I'm buying. You know, I'm in line. So this is by far my favorite, for oh, sure. Uh, favorite show of the three, or yes. Favorite oh, three. definitely. Favorite yeah, definitely. Way the best. Hands down. And, and I, loved, I loved them. I loved WandaVision. I loved Falcon Winter yeah. Soldier. Loved them both. Loved them both. But uh, this has a completely different feel. Um, it seems more intelligent to me. Uh, just real more. real quick, I want to ask a question before CK finishes this. Just real quick. We all loved WandaVision. We were gushing over it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, we were... Uh, some of us like Winter Soldier more than others, but we can all agree, great street-level franchise builder. Mm-hmm. But Loki is its complete own fucking animal and just reset the MCU to make us all excited about the future of this after Infinity yeah, War. Like, absolutely. where do they go after Infinity War? Loki answered that question. Would you yeah. agree? Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. It should have been Loki, because Loki started <laughs> all this. Yeah. Well, and I think that the end of the last episode um, introduced a brand new... Uh, potential scary huge villain new thanos and he's technically if you want to get real shit about it way scarier than thanos thanos is going for one timeline kang's going like pokemon he's collecting them all and what he doesn't like he prunes it (laughs) freaking nuts i'm sorry ck we did we sidetracked continue oh i was just saying i mean honestly it is my favorite of the shows um it, it has this i don't know it's it's very. It starts off kind of off kilter and very irreverent, but it goes into just being a a beautiful tapestry of like jumping from episode to episode, but keeping an overarching story arc. That, like you said, it, it completes the MCU's future. Like, where are we going? This is where we're going. And like I said, it started with Loki. This started with Loki in the Avengers. The first villain, the guy that brought the Marvel Cinematic Universe together, was Loki. Mm. So why wouldn't we? Break it apart and start a new one with Loki. <laughs> that is such a good point. It is easy to forget that, to really think back and be like, you know what, Loki was the big villain of Avengers. Let's go around and have uh, some last recommendations of uh, what's going on in, in your uh, nerdy life right now. Hey, since you started it, how about you start and I'll finish. Okay, I'll start with, um, we mentioned, we talked about um, what we do in the shadows earlier. There's a spinoff show from that that is just as hilarious and a little bit different called Wellington Paranormal. And it's um, basically like cops, but I mean, it's obviously fake. It's not real, but um, it's basically like cops meets paranormal shit. Like X-Files kind of. And where, and it's, where's this at? Where's this at? I, I, I believe it's on Net- HBO Max. X- HBO Max. Okay. And it is also on uh, net uh, FX rather. So if you've got uh cable tv you can find it on there as well oh my god it's it's hilarious none of the characters from um what we do in the shadows are there but it's the same people that are creating it um taika watiti is involved of course. taika watiti is involved and um they're from new zealand so i've been actually like speaking to myself in my head in new zealand accent i'm trying to perfect my (laughs) new zealand accent can we hear your new zealand accent it well i'm i'm not good at it yet (laughs) but but i'm really train it's i'll take it's it gonna take a minute there you go. that's cultural um, appropriation it is probably but anyway it's a great <laughs> show so hilarious um and it's so freaking funny 
We've only watched like two or yeah, three episodes. It's, it's, and I, I'm going to recommend subtitles. The accents are Oh, you have to have thick, subtitles. But, oh, my God. The yeah. accents are thicker than um, what we do in the shadows, but um, worth it. Totally worth it. Like, totally X-Files meets Cops meets New Zealand and paranormal <laughs> stuff. It's so fucking funny. So Watching check this. Out. Fuck yeah. That sounds awesome. Cody, you've got a book you're hot about, right? Right? Oh, man. So uh, I've I've talked about it many times on here that Booster Gold and Blue Beetle are my favorite DC characters. Um, I don't shy away from that. And the fact that this comic has came back out. Oh, my God. I'm so happy uh, that they're doing Blue and Gold again. Yeah. I mean, like, it seems like the DC right now is kind of jumping on to the idea that, hey... I think that our viewership wants a very specific amount of things, and I think they love this stuff in particular from Justice League International and that era. That's where a lot of the readers come from because we were talking about like Wally West coming back and getting his comeuppance finally, like in the good way, and bringing right. back Blue and Gold, and, and you know actually like creating a Demetrius Giffen kind of style with it. Uh, so I think it's a uh, Jurgens. Yep. Let's do in the comic, yeah. And you're right; it and, is such uh, a specific vibe that it has. It's a very kind of tongue-in-cheek, but still heartfelt, and the action. And it's good stuff. It reminds me of the DC universe that I mean that I grew up with in the mm-hmm. comics. That is exactly where I started. I still have a freaking Justice League International annual framed on the wall right over there, and I can literally see Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. <laughs> awesome. And man, the the art is beautiful. Um, it's always nice to see those two interact. And uh, man, one of the I've talked about it many times. One of the hardest moments in comics that I ever had was uh, watching Ted Korg get his brains blown out. Ooh, Ugh. yeah, it, that sucked. Yeah, uh, the editorial really does seem to be uh, tapping into what the people really wanted. That specific areas of characters. Uh, every now and then, you'll get some editors come in and think they know better. But it's it's good to see the creators really tapping into that that. DC spirit that those people who know really want to see. Yeah. And I'm back to reading DC books again, more than I am Marvel yeah. books. It's just the ebb and flow. Mm-hmm. And right now it's um, I'm balls deep in DC. So it's I've all mentioned good stuff it before, right but fucking Nightwing right now. It's oh. so awesome. Yeah. Call it. <laughs> Take a left turn here and uh, bring up a video game. That's going to be my recommendation. Guilty gear strive. I know fighting games aren't as popular as they were at one time in the world, but man, this game is A plus exceptional. It's literally like you're controlling a cartoon more than any game I've ever seen. I'm really piloting anime characters around the screen on this spectacular level. Uh, each character has its own complete unique feel. Uh, I mentioned inspired earlier. This game is also very inspired. Action-packed, easy to learn, hard to master. Uh, just an awesome, awesome Japanese fighting game, Guilty Gear Strive. If you know about fighting games, I'm sure you know about it. If you don't, check it out. It's amazing. Uh, it's uh, fifty nine bucks new, if I'm not mistaken. It's on the mm-hmm. current gen and last gen, so it's it's readily available on any digital store or game cool. store. Yeah. Oh no, actually, you know what? It is not on the Switch, but it is on the PC. I thought it was coming yeah, out. I was about like, to say soon on Nintendo. So it's anyway, that cool. PlayStation's huh? where yeah. it's at. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, all right, um, but my recommendation dropped today, and it's Masters of the Universe on Netflix. Oh my. god god it's yeah. the art from castlevania it's the best voice cast i've ever seen on paper kevin smith wrote and directed it this is a perfect storm 
of amazing. I've only watched the first episode of it, and my blood is intensely pumping. Yeah. But that first episode, especially just the cliffhanger off of it, is so fucking tight. The animation's tight. The music's amazing. The voice acting is insane. The story they're setting up is like Masters of the Universe. Pretty much everybody on the show is a giant part of their childhood. Oh, my God. The story you know, they're setting up is what? What? The, it's, what? It's but uh, yeah. it's just the first episode. Like I'm, I, I turned forty in a few weeks. Masters of the Universe, the toys, collecting, I, fucking watching the cartoons and everything was such a giant part of my childhood. <laughs> just one of them, and it's so nostalgic. And the, but it's so beautiful. And this is a new creative story, and a god damn it. So um, <laughs> come back next week, and we're gonna do Geeks and the Hair to the Earth does masters of the universe mm-hmm. and uh that's our next show because we're chomping at the bit of this yeah we're probably so. gonna have a lot more things to say about kevin smith next time we record <laughs> there'll be two arcs i figure mm, i reckon mm. well so now it's ambiguous so tune in next week to find out our thoughts on masters of the universe thank you guys for listening and if you are the first time listener Please go like and subscribe wherever you find social media. And thank you for all your support. For those of you who have been listening for a while, keep telling your friends because lately we've been getting a lot of people, you know, interested in the show again. We're going to be here. We hope you are too. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned, true believers. I'm JC. I'm CK. Jamie Skull. Mike D. Have a good night. And we are the geeks and we inherited the earth.